Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Diecast Movie Review Podcast. My name is Michaela Turk, and I'm joined today by my dad, Steve, and my brother, Ben. Hey, do you guys want to say hello? Hello. Hello. Okay, then. Um, for this episode, uh, we are going to be reviewing the movie Kelly's Heroes. But before we get into the trailer, we just wanted to give you guys a quick update on how we're doing. So, Dad, what did you want to share with everybody? Woof, woof. And for my other dog invitation... Bow wow. Woof woof. <laughs> it all becomes clear with the movie, folks. It all becomes clear with the movie. Uh, things that have been going on, um, I've been sending out different interview requests, and I've gotten some people that responded back, and we're going to have some interesting interviews down the road that I think people are going to look forward to. Some from classic 80s films and some from certain classic TV shows. So we're looking forward to seeing a more responses we get, and I hope you guys will appreciate it for upcoming episodes okay now that dad's finished being a little bit odd today ben what would you want to share with everybody well i thought that dad's dog impressions were on the ball um i haven't been up to a whole bunch recently a lot of gardening and yard work but besides that not too much what about you michaela i have been doing a lot of working from home um today my mom and i did take a drive and we got snowballs, and it was great. I had a watermelon snowball, and it was amazing. And I just really like snowballs, and it made me very happy. Snowballs always put me in a happy place, too. Yeah. Okay, so um, unless there's anything anybody else wants to share real quick before we move on. And I think that's a negative answer, so I'm going to go ahead and play the trailer for Kelly's Heroes. What the hell are you doing here? Looking after the colonel, that's what. Shoot him and let's get the hell out of here. Shoot him, we don't get the gold. What gold? Proposition. Thought you might be interested in helping me out. Oh. I want you to set up a barrage for me. Yeah. If you whisper one word about the gold to these guys, I'm going to have you bounce from this outfit so fast your feet won't even touch the ground. Okay, Kelly. What is it? I want the intelligence reports of this whole sector, and I need them in the next two hours. That's nice. What's in it for me? It's behind enemy lines. I got three Shermans outside. His name's Oddball. A Sherman can give you a very nice edge. These are my boys. It's still up. <laughs> no, it ain't. Look, baby, I'm kind of hung up. I need about 60 feet of bridge. Listen, kid, they haven't got you back in enough water again, have they? I don't need you. 60 feet of bridge I can pick up almost anywhere. Schmuck. All right, all right. I need at least 100 guys. Where do I find 100 men just like that? Mouth all better show up, Kelly. Come on, let's move it up. But my hair is still in covered. Sure, get Hey, nobody said anything about slapping his 30 caliber machine gun all over the country. I'll make you $50 if you carry the machine gun, huh? Fire! Fire! I thought you said three Shermans. Those nuts have brought half the army with them. What is this? Oh, what is this, a ball game? Who are these guys? My friends, okay? 
who's that bunch of refugees over there? The band. The band? What do we need a band for? Oh, a little band See, we're just a private enterprise operation. Those freaks! That ain't an army, it's a circus! It could be the perfect crime. that was the trailer for Kelly's Heroes. Um, Since Dad was the one to pick the movie because he won the die roll, uh, he's going to go ahead and give us a synopsis of the movie. Over to you, Dad. Let's see. Kelly's Heroes came out in 1970 in uh, June. So this is basically the 50th anniversary of the movie. And, of course, last um, movie review we did, Emperor's New Groove, was the 20th anniversary. So we're kind of hitting these big anniversaries for certain movies. And it's literally been by... Sheer luck that that's been happening. Sheer dumb luck. It's we we go we like pick the movie, we're reviewing it, and then Dad's looking it up, and he's like, "Oh, you know what? It's such and such anniversary of this movie." Exactly. I mean, you know, why plan things like that when it can just fall in your lap? Or of course, as my my youngest son Patrick told me, every year is the anniversary of a movie. Which so. You can argue with that logic. <laughs> but Kelly's hero is about Kelly, who, um, as you heard in the trailer, discovers that there's gold behind enemy lines in World War II. And um, he finds out from the one German officer where the gold is, is at and um, what's guarding it. And he um, gets a crew together, Big Joe, played by Telly Savalas, and, of course, Kelly is played by Colin Eastwood. And they get a crew together, a ragtag bunch of different people. Um, Oddball, played by Donald Sutherland. Crap Game, played by Don Rickles, and so on. And um, they go across the enemy lines. And uh, basically, this is a movie, it's about a heist. And do they get the gold or not? I'm not going to tell you, because you might not have seen this movie. Yes, it's been around for 50 years. But, I mean, uh, you know, not everybody's seen Kelly's Heroes. And I think they should. I wonder if you're going to suggest the movie or not at the end of this recording, Dad. Well, I did pick the movie. So, I mean, I think usually the person who picks a movie, except for Jeff Owens, who picked the pirate movie, most people that pick the movie recommend the movie that they pick. Yes, Jeff, I called you out. Jeff Owens from the Classic Cars Club podcast. <laughs> what a call out. Why? So are we, are we not doing spoilers for this film? We're not spoiling the ending. Okay. We could spoil other stuff, but I mean, I don't want to, you know, spoil the ending because the 70s were sometimes known for downbeat endings, but basically this is a, a drama war comedy. And it's, it's, uh, it's one that we've all seen before, and it's one I, I, I personally enjoy. And uh, we could start with the things that we like about the movie, and we could start with um, Ben. Uh, so likes about this movie... I have some pretty big ones here. Clint Eastwood essentially plays Clint Eastwood in just about every Clint Eastwood role I've seen him in. 
He is that kind of tougher guy who does not talk very much and has a very stern look and controls people with his stern look. Yes. Uh, Donald Sutherland. Extremely weird. Great role. He is the oddest ball of the whole bunch. Woof, woof. Um, Telly Savales. Very believable sergeant for a squad in the army at the time. He was very in character, it seemed, throughout the entire film. And probably gave the most realistic performance out of the three or four main featured characters. Um, and... I forgot the actor's name, but whoever played Cowboy and Wilbur, they were funny throughout the whole thing and had... Jeff Morris played Cowboy, and who was the other one, Ben? Wilbur. You mean you mean Willard? Willard, yeah, yeah. That was Dean Stanton. Yeah. The funny moments that they had, uh, especially one with Willard and Crap Game, where... They got an outhouse exploded onto them, uh, covering them in crap, making them smell like crap. Um, And then they're going, and when they find a cowboy, he says, man, y'all smell like horse crap. And then crap game snaps back. Kind of reminds you of home, doesn't it? And, of course, Willard kind of looks at him and goes like, kind of does. Does remind you of home, doesn't it, cowboy? And the cowboy just nods. It, it's a great scene. It's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't know Ben was going to go off on so many um, different ones there, but I, I got to agree with him about all the actors that he mentioned doing uh, really well. I mean, Clint Eastwood is playing the um, the main driving force of it, and as Ben said, he's doing it in a, trip, a typical Clint Eastwood manner, You know, which was nothing wrong with it. I mean, you're, you're getting exactly what you're expecting, and this is – relatively early in Clint Eastwood's movie career. And um, Telly Savalas, of course, um, played in Kojak and other things um, that I had seen. I don't think you guys have ever seen, but, you know. He was in The Dirty Dozen, wasn't he? Yes, but he was playing a totally different role in The Dirty Dozen. He was playing uh, That's true. Uh, a person who was not so good <laughs> in The Dirty Dozen. Anybody, you want anything you want to bring up, Miguel? Oddball is my favorite character in this whole movie. I like other characters in this movie, like Barbara. Barbara. Exactly. Um, probably one of my favorite, like, backish round characters. But Oddball is my favorite. Oddball and his men and their Shermans. Woof, 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 woof. Exactly. It's... It's just great, and if you if you've seen the movie, then you understand what I'm talking about. And if you haven't seen the movie, very soon into the movie, you will understand that Oddball is just he lives up to his name. He is very odd, but he gets stuff done just in his own way. Yeah, it's not necessarily the way everybody does it. But it works for him somehow, but it works. Oh, and that reminds me of a character that I forgot to mention, the general. 
the general who seems to have absolutely no idea how military tactics work and just wants to attack, attack, attack. And somehow he gets it done. They just attack, 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 and all of a the sudden they're getting through the enemy lines. Played by the great Carol O'Connor. He has some of the funniest lines of the background characters, at the, especially at the HQ, and a lot of his interactions and body language with his supporting staff really kind of makes the whole environment of the film. And it just so happens that we have a clip of some of the general's antics um, when they're back at HQ for you, and we're going to play it for you now. Okay, okay. I'm losing them. We just had them in here good a minute ago. I'm doing it, Booker. Quiet! Hey, what do you want me to do with this? Get the hell out of here, Boncher! We got the game on! Kelly, this is Big Joe. Joe, it's pretty clear over here, except for the artillery. The bridge is too far gone to get vehicles across, so you can bring the men over by foot. Get them moving. Over. Okay, I'll send them over in twos and threes. Out. Pachuco, will it? Drop your packs and take the equipment across the bridge. Kelly! What a big job, sir! Says he's sending him across. Well, tell him to hurry up! He's getting hot in hell here! What's going on? We're crossing over. You're not crossing over without us. Well, then you grab your trucks and come on up. That bridge is too badly damaged to hold together. You want to come? Fix it. Half my equipment is jammed up in the rear. I'm jamming them. We've lost two tanks already, and that's looking around lose a third. Do you understand? Yes, and we made a deal. Not with me, you didn't hear. You talk to Kelly. Cowboy, stay with you. Right. Ready? This is Bellamy for Kelly. Kelly! We can't use the bridge. We can't ford the river. The bed's too soft. So what do we do? Go, team, go, go! You've got bridging equipment? Over. That's a five-hour operation. Can you hold on for five hours? Over. No, no, move! Oh, no, move! Bellamy, we're not going to hold on for five minutes. Now you can catch up. Kelly, we're all in this together. You can't go alone. Over. Look, we're not going to wait five hours either. If you can't keep up, that's your problem. Now we're pulling out, and we're pushing forward. Over. Attack, attack, attack! That's the kind of fighting spirit that I was talking about. Listen to that guy. If he was a major, he's a colonel. Hey, Kelly, listen. This is the great biggest registration unit. We got a stake in this advance, too, you know. Did you ever yeah, hear enthusiasm yeah. like that in all your life? You even got the damn faith to figure out how to get What the hell am I doing here? Ponsa, get me my uniform! And so, as you can see, the general very enthusiastically listened to the back and forth during that battle as though he were watching or listening to a sporting event. And what I love about the general is his wardrobe during this. He's, it's in the morning, and um, the one guy with, uh, was trying to give him breakfast, and he said, get away, I'm trying to listen to the game. And he's wearing a robe, and his stars are on the robe. It's this bright red robe with the stars on it, and it's just... It is just something. It, it, it's uh, Carol Connor just chews up the scenery, spits it out, and has a ball with his parts in the movie. He might only be in it for fifteen minutes here and there in different spots and different scenes, but he just owns that role, and it's 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 really you know something that I'm glad you guys liked and brought up. 
And sure enough, after that conversation, he gets in his Jeep with his staff and he goes straight up to the front lines where they are. They've even pushed beyond the front line. With his big box of medals to give everybody a medal. And, of course, they all want gold. So it's kind of it's kind of funny. Um, another actor I wanted to bring up was Gavin McLeod, who played Moriarty, which is Oddball's um, second-hand man or right-hand man, whatever you want to call it. Oh, the mechanic. Yeah, the mechanic. Yeah, the and I every time I watch this film, I always forget it's Gavin McLeod until the end credits when they're showing the pictures with the name because I'm so used to thinking him of from The Love Boat and Mary Tyler, the Mary Tyler Moore show in these different roles. I mean, totally different roles than Moriarty. And it always surprises me, which shows how good of an actor he was playing in that particular role where you don't realize, you don't recognize it's him because of those other things. So I just, you know, I'm going to give credit there. And he's always the one that's being negative to oddballs positive. Good vibes. You got to have them good vibes. You don't need those negative waves. You're bringing me down with all those negative waves, Moriarty. You got to be more positive. If you believe that the bridge will be there, it'll be, be there. there. And it was there until and, it wasn't. <laughs> and he wasn't giving out any negative waves since that morning. No, but he must have sent out enough of them. Yeah, so as you can tell, Oddball and we already, their their relationship is, is, is some of our favorite parts. The, the two of them, the yin and the yang, uh, were, were, were played very well. Um, another thing I want to say is the realism of the um, the fighting, the action, and the, the equipment for for a movie of this kind, which you think again is a comedy. They actually, um, from what I've read historically, have been have portrayed very well. You know, so it's um, it's something also to give it a, a you know a little cap and its a feather in its cap for doing that part nice. It also was based on a true story, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, loosely based on a true story. How, of course, how close it is. Like, how close is any Hollywood yeah. movie on these true stories? I don't know. But, you know, you can, your listeners, you can look it up. And it is, there's something actually happened like that. As Crap Game said, it's the perfect crime. Mm-hmm. Oh, one other thing is, this movie has great songs in it. It does. It Most has- people have probably never heard of its main song. It has one of the best songs in it. And just to give you an example of how much Ben likes this movie and loves this song, Dad and I had sat down to watch the movie out in our living room, and Ben was back in his bedroom. And so we'd started the movie, and then it's not too far into the movie that the song starts playing for the first time. And as soon as Ben hears the music, you just hear this loud thump from his room, and then he comes out and he's like, I was summoned by the music. And and to use the music in the opening credits, the end credits, in the middle of the movie, and it's Burning Bridges by the Mike Curb Congregation, and we're going to play it in its entirety at the end of the episode, so you get to hear it. And it's it, it, the, the, the song fits the tone of the movie very well. And if you're, so when you're watching it, it really, it really works. It's also one of my personal favorite songs that I listen to just outside of the movie, it is extremely good. 
Oh, exactly. Um, what are some other things that you enjoyed? I enjoyed how, um, even though there were a lot of characters in the movie, because it's, you know, it's like a large army heisty movie and they can't give everybody a whole bunch of screen time but I appreciated how they like picked and chose who to give screen time to um, because at certain points in the movie like Ben kind of talked about when they uh, crap game and Willard were in the exploding porta potty uh, outhouse thing <laughs> um, they the group, the larger group, had kind of paired off into smaller segments. There's like maybe twos and threes or fours, and maybe like five or so people with the tank and stuff. Um, and so I liked how during, while all of this stuff is kind of going on, you had at least like one person who had had more screen time with someone who hadn't had as much screen time really paired up together. So it wasn't just oh, all the main people are here in this one group together. And, you know, there's uh, other groups around, but we you never see what they do because you've never really seen them throughout the whole movie. But in this movie, it kind of highlighted a little bit of everybody, at least at one point or another. Um, it might have not gone into as much a detail for all of them, but it did show little snippets of them, like Babra. Fabric's just great. It also does show you because for most of this film, at least I thought, I don't know if anybody else thought about it this way, these guys kind of seemed like screw-ups where they weren't the best squad in the army. They were like always the ones that got pushed back from the front lines right when they were about to get to the good spots. Their captain kind of seemed like he wasn't really the best leader out there and that their sergeant was really keeping the whole group alive. But when they actually get to this town where these Germans and they're fighting them, these guys are crazy good soldiers. Like, they, some of them were doing insane things. Like, one crawls, under, one hides behind a armored vehicle and then gets up behind a German soldier and slits his throat. And another one is just sniping the heck out of these German guys from up in this church tower like just making crazy shots and they really went into a, an extremely professional kind of they're all specialists mode versus kind of how in the beginning you think they're all kind of goofballs screw up types dad's dad shaking his head now, i don't agree with that i felt i don't think they were ever considered screw ups they were they were characters you know comedic characters and stuff like that but i think they're shown early on to be rather professional that they were always on the front lines fighting and every time they think they're going to get their reward for fighting on the front lines their captain proceeds to give them a different reward which puts them totally not showing showing that he does not know his men at all and it frustrates them which is what leads them to go for kelly's scheme of going for the gold now oddball's group that's a horse of a different color. <laughs> I mean, when they're when they're first introduced, um, Kelly's talking to Crap Game, who's kind of a guy. Don Rickles plays a character that was made for Don Rickles. You know, he can. <laughs> it's um he controls all these. He has all these different um, 
goods, so to speak, that are available for people to get for the right price. And he's always dealing with all the other other guys in other units or that, that are moving merchandise and that kind of thing. And it just so happens that Oddball and his team have Sherman tanks, three of them. And he's up in the rafters laying down, and he overhears Kelly tell Crap Game about the whole thing about the gold, and he says, you know, Sherman tanks would give you a distinct advantage. And then he's building this up, and Don Rickles is rolling his eyes, saying basically just his whole body language is like, this this guy is just nuts. And Kelly goes out there to see the tanks. <laughs> and it, it's hard to describe exactly what you're looking at, but it, it – Oddball and his group is almost like 70s hippies put in a World War II movie. I think is probably the best way to put it. So it, it's, it's a total culture shock when you see them in the movie compared to everybody else that's in the movie. And that could either go good for you or bad for you. Obviously, I love it. You know, I mean, it's really enjoyable to see that dichotomy going on there. And... Uh, but it's it's one of those nice reaction shots to when them, when Kelly looks at him, and of course Clint Eastwood, you know, doesn't show a lot with his face, but you could just tell he was like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" And they don't have normal Shermans; they have, they enhanced, have enhanced Shermans. Shermans. They have giant speakers hanging off the sides of their Shermans because they like to play music as they go into battle. It throws the other enemies off. They have, they have shells that they could fire out of their cannons filled with paint because they like to make pretty pictures scares the heck out of the enemy they have these big old pieces of pipe that they can hook on to the end of their barrels so that they think they have longer guns i don't think it's they put it at the end they just put it on next to them to make them think they have more guns no they they put no, it they over the over the, the end of the barrel. Like the end of the barrel of the tank to make it look like it shoots larger. Yeah. Oh, it's even crazier than I thought. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, okay, what, what can you say? It's just, it's just a nutty movie. Not to mention when he introduces Moriarty, he's talking about how they have enhanced their engines with the mechanical genius of Moriarty so that they can get into trouble even faster or get out of trouble even faster than they get into it. They can go in reverse really quick. Yes. He said that these are the fastest tanks. Going backwards. And that's when you got to look at Kelly's face when he's saying that line. Like, it's, it's, it, 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 it actually just shows some, some very subtle acting by Eastwood that if you're paying, you know, when you're watching this movie more than one time that you pay attention to. It, it's really good. As you can tell, Oddball is our personal favorite. And he says woof, woof a lot. That's why I'm doing the woof woof thing, and he keeps saying to people, "You hear my other dog imitation," and he, and he pretty much just keeps going woof woof, woof woof. What else, guys? Um, I don't know if I have too many other likes i guess i would say that it actually shows them traveling different places and it's not just oh here's like 20 guys walking and the shermans are rolling they're actually doing things and they do actually start off not together um oddball and the shermans come 
start traveling a day later because the boys in Oddball's guys had an event planned for that night um, that Kelly and his guys moved out. Exactly. And so they're showing I mean, they're, a lot of the um, perils of getting from point A to point B in war. Um, there is one time when they all get united together, and that's when the, the, in the middle of the movie, or near about two-thirds of the movie, and, and they play the um, Burning Bridges song again, and then they do more of a montage of them going through parts of Germany, you know, to speed up the process a little bit. But you don't feel left, like you don't feel like there's anything being left out. I mean, the movie is a little over two hours long, and it, it's there's been no pacing issues that I could think of at all that I ever felt during the whole movie. I felt that it actually was paced very well with parts where they're, they're um, resting, where they get to have that communication and other stuff. I mean, they even get fired on by their own men, um, their own the planes, which takes away all their um, vehicles that they took with them. So then they have to switch to foot until they catch back up with Oddball and then they get the tanks to ride on. Uh, do you guys want to move to dislikes, or do you have more likes? Um, we can, I guess, move on to dislikes, and then if we have likes, we can always still mention them. Yeah, because you know, Mikhail and I just like to mention likes at all times. Yes, that's true, especially when we're talking <laughs> about dislikes. I don't like to call them dislikes. I like to call them things that could have been improved on. Okay. okay. Then my then my critique of the film would be in the minefield scene when. After when the German patrol is coming and there are two guys laying there and they have a machine gun with them and firearms and they have like dirt piled up in front of them because they're they got stuck there and they're gonna have to try and fight their way out of it from in the minefield and I believe it's the corporal that's with them yes yes the corporal is one of them so the other guy gets shot and the corporal real got realizes that he's dead and he gets up. And the whole time we're watching this movie, Michaela just said, why is he standing up? She like shouted at the TV screen. She was like, why are you doing that? That doesn't make any sense. And then I was kind of thinking, I was like, oh, oh she's kind of right. It doesn't. <laughs> like I had, ne- I had never thought about it before because the Germans that are shooting at him are kind of like, there's like a little elevation difference. So I always just assumed he was elevating himself to try and shoot them better. But the more she said it, it was kind of like he was just exposing himself to get shot more easily. And then, of course, he does get shot and ends up dying, or is assumed dead. And that kind of like, I guess that could have been done a little bit differently, where he doesn't just get up for no apparent reason, but that that would be my critique. I mean, I guess the only argument you can say for why he would have stood up, and I don't, I'm just going to throw it out there, even though I don't agree with this point of view, is that he was upset that his fellow guy got killed, and he was like, wanted to stand up and shoot him. But then again, he's a corporal, an experienced combat, you know, experienced in combat. So he would know better than to do that. But I think the script writer maybe put that in there for him to do that as a character. Uh, It doesn't match with what his experiences would have been already in war to have, to to put himself in such um, peril, to put himself, to to make him such an easier target. And throughout the beginning of the film, he is kind of set up as one of the more level-headed characters where he's not doing outrageous things and he's trying to keep other guys kind of collected. And he's like the one that hands out the ammunition and has a scene where he's 
telling a guy not to fire so much and gives him less ammunition so he'll kind of like be more cognizant of it. Exactly. And I think this scene's an important scene at the minefield because it does, again, show that they are in war and, you know, and one person gets killed in the minefield, which leads them to have to all crawl and search for the mines as they're going through the field. And I think that's what makes it, um, shows that danger, how they have to all make the paths and get across. And they also know that somebody's going to have heard that mine go off in the German area and they're probably going to be a patrol coming. They don't know for sure, but they know at any moment there could be a patrol, which, as Ben said, does happen. Mm-hmm. And anything, anybody else think there's something that they could have improved on or did better? I agree with, I mean, I agree with all three of you that he shouldn't have stood up. Who's the third person? Oh, it's Milo. It's him himself. Milo, our dog, is always here with us. And so I always, Milo always agrees with me, unless he's agreeing with Ben. Oh, okay. Sorry, Mikhail. He's a, he just likes us. Um, I'm trying to think of something else I didn't like. There aren't too many things that I would really pick apart about the movie because it does fit very well together. There aren't like pacing issues with it where it feels long. Yeah, I can't um, really think of something that I would want to change about the movie at the moment. Um, like we've been saying, it even though it is like a, a little over two hours long movie, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's that long because they keep you interested with going from one thing to the next and making sure that they don't spend an inordinately long amount of time on, ah, yes, they're walking over some more hills now um, type of thing. I would say there is, like, some absurdity to the film towards the end where... Yeah, that's the comedy Where, like, Oddball trades his tank for a different tank and his uniforms for different uniforms, which was kind of weird to me. It's Oddball, Ben. It's Oddball. That That's that's the whole answer. I'm it's Oddball. Saying, I, I think it's funny that his men went along with him and did it just unquestioningly until afterwards when Moriarty starts complaining. I just find it funny that during the end battle, Big Joe comes across Oddball sitting there at a table with one of his men, drinking wine, eating cheese, <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm, I'm drinking wine, eating some cheese, catching some rays. And he's like, what what's going on? The tank's broken. Why aren't you trying to fix it? I ride them. I don't fix not to fix them. You know, we're already taking care of that. And Big Joe just shakes his head and says something. I can never. He says it's audible, but I can't. I can never make it out exactly what he says. And then it, it just walks off. But it's it's probably like crazy or something like you know, like you know, he's like he's dealing with a total idiot, but. Then again, I mean, you know, he's right. There's nothing he can really do except, you know, sit there, catch some rays, eat some cheese, drink some wine. I mean, you know, he's in France. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I love that scene. And also during that scene is, he goes, woof, woof. He does that multiple times throughout the whole movie. 
Oh, man. And one of the best parts is until this final battle, Kelly never told Oddball that they were going to be going up against three German tanks. Panzers. And immediately Oddball's like, you want me to use a Sherman against a Panzer? I think they were Tigers. Tigers, yeah. Yeah, I think it was three Tigers. Yeah, Tigers, sorry. And Oddball's immediately like, well, we can go home now. <laughs> and it's like, we might as well just leave. And then Kelly just starts talking him into it slowly, telling him, well, Tigers are an open country tank. Shermans are made to move in cities. And Oddball's kind of like, yeah, but the only way that you can take out a Tiger with a Sherman is if you get it right from behind. So Kelly's like, I'll make it happen. And the next thing you know, Kelly's standing there inside of a deserted building, lining up a tank with the back of another tank, telling Oddball that it's all going to be okay. And before that happens, when Oddball's starting to hear all this stuff, he goes, all this positive energy, how can we not win? You know, we can't, we can't fail. He's just, he just, you know, he just loves that positive vibes. Positive waves, man, positive waves. Yep. And Ben actually gave a like during his, the critique part that he always blames Michaela and I to do. Uh, Ben, you're coming to the side. You're starting to feel those positive vibes, Ben. Positive vibes. Woohoo. Oh well, I, I don't. I don't think there's really much else for us to say. I mean, I, I don't. I'll, I don't really have any critiques about the movie. Um, I, I just really enjoy it. I just wish there would have been more of this elk out there. You know, not that be this particular group of guys with more adventures. That would be nice. You know, because obviously the war wasn't over yet. What else would have gone on with their group? I think this story is pretty much nice and self-contained. Um, but it would be it, something similar to it would be kind of cool. I don't know if there were other movies that were like this or not, but this if there were, this one seems to be the best, except when it came out, it made money, but it didn't make much money over what it cost. It cost like $4 million to make, and it made like a little over $5 million. So it was not a hit. You know, it just basically broke even. And, um, of course, I think maybe it just it was ahead of its time. I don't know. You know, listeners, it's one of those things I recommend you, you seek it out, watch it, and make your own decision. You can always leave us feedback, you know, on our Facebook page. You know, whether you agree with us or not about Kelly's Heroes. At least you know I'm recommending it. But let's find out if Michaela and Ben recommend it. I really wonder which way they're going to go. Michaela. Okay. So I do recommend this movie. Um, even if you're not a fan of like, war movies or movies that like if you've ever seen a war movie before this is not like a typical war movie because of all the comedy and the heist adding a different element to it rather than just um we're fighting these people and we're gonna fight them for a whole two hours it's not that type of movie. It's it's just so good. And it has oddball. And really, you just need to watch the movie at least once just to experience oddball. Because he's so odd. And it's just so joyful. 
Ben, how about you? So I definitely recommend this film. It's one of like my top five favorite movies. Um, it's great. It's funny. It has a great song. Uh, I sometimes wish that it had more of that song in it, or at least more songs. Um, I, I would definitely recommend it to just about anybody that likes movies. Uh, it is it is a longer film. It doesn't feel as long when you're watching it, but it is a little bit longer if you don't like sitting for long periods of time. I would still recommend it, though. I mean, I looked it up. The movie's two hours and 26 minutes, but compared to movies that are coming out now, you know, since then, like the Lord of the Rings movies, Save It, Brian Ryan, which is a the war movie that Michaela was bringing up, and those other kind of things. Um, I mean, it's, it's also not nearly as graphic as other war movies like uh, Hamburger Hill or... Platoon. Yeah. This is one. I mean, um, if you're if you're a family and your children are old enough to watch um, a war type movie, you know where it's, it's it's not really bloody or whatever, but it is a war movie. Um, it's it's one you can watch with them and explain to them and that kind of stuff. So now we're gonna move into the die roll to see what the next movie is gonna be. And so first we're gonna roll the die to see who gets to pick the movie. Drum roll, please, Ben. And it's Michaela one. Oh my What a shock. When she's no longer when she's back to being eligible to roll, she gets the the pick. Hey, it was a fair roll. Everybody saw it. It rolled across the table. I can't help it. Now, just to give everybody a uh, quick reminder, um, for die number one, the genre options that I'll have um, to roll are sci-fi, independent, animation, comedy, fantasy, and foreign. So here we go. You know it's going to be animation. She always rolls animation. And it's fantasy. Disney. It can still be Disney, Ben. It uh, might. Well, actually, this one's not technically going to be a Disney movie. You're though picking a Studio Ghibli d- film? No, though, though Disney did buy Lucasfilms. Oh, I know what you're going to pick. The movie that I'm going to pick is called Strange Magic. This is acceptable. It's a great movie. Dad hasn't seen it. Ben and I have both seen it. And y'all will get to hear our review about it the next time we do an episode. Patrick likes this film. Yeah, Patrick does like this film as well. Don't forget, like I said earlier, if you want to leave us feedback about this episode or any of our other episodes, you can follow us on on Facebook at Diecast Movie Review Podcast and leave comments you know, at the, underneath all the different movie parts. You can also email us at diecastmoviereviewpodcast at gmail.com. And when you send us feedback, it can be in the written form or it can be in audio form. You can send us a, a MP3 file or whatever, and then we can take a listen to it. And if it's 
you know, everything sounds good, we'll put it on the show. And Ben, where can they follow us on Instagram? You can follow us on Instagram on Diecast Movie Reviews. Uh, you can also DM us, messaging us on Instagram. Uh, any questions or comments, and we might read them for an episode, or I'll at least read them and reply if it's something I can reply to. And I'll have posts of each new episode as it comes out on the Instagram profile. I've been catching up. I'm very close to being caught up. All right. So thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of the Diecast Movie Review Podcast. And to finish this out, we're going to be listening to the song Burning Bridges. Hold on. One, we all do woof, woof. Woof, woof. woof.